Welcome to Much More Much Year with Pup Duffy and Kara Lane, an Aunt Imagination production. Guys, I am here with the phenomenal Kay Callen. We're going to be talking about pie in the sky. We have Mama in the house. You play Mama, who is everything I want to be at Mama's age. This film is incredible. I keep talking about it and I keep saying what a, what a phenomenal film it is. The way it was filmed, the way it was acted, everything about it is perfect. So welcome and thank you for joining me. Thank you. What a nice introduction. I'm so happy you like the film so much. I do. I do. People people are like, shut up, pup. But I do. <laughs> I like it. And I say all the time, it's it's just this like cozy, intimate look at a mother and a daughter. Uh, brief synopsis. You are teaching her the way to make your perfect uh, apple pie. I almost said pumpkin pie. That's the next film. No, the perfect apple pie. And you're also dishing out advice at the same time and it's so sweet I said it I'm sorry it's so sweet but there's also little bits of spice shall we say in it and your delivery is perfect on every single line and I'm just I'm obsessed oh thank you come live at my house (laughs) (laughs) well it's written by Lawrence who also wrote the play in the screenplay and it's an it's a beautiful story and I wish that I could uh have spoke to him as well because I'd love to know is this something like he witnessed as a kid or something. He does say it's based on his family. Okay, wonderful. But he's not from Texas. So how he wrote it, I mean, I am from Texas. And so, you know, it's very authentic to me. But I was shocked when he told me he was not from Texas. It's like, wow, you know a lot about this place. Well, it's it's such an incredible, like, transformation from the, the stage to the set. But not really, because it's still a set. And I, I said it before, it blows my mind. That all of all of that took place in to what to me is like a small space, but it feels so big. Well, actually, you know, when we did the play, it was a smaller space because they have a smaller stage there. And then they rebuilt the set to accommodate the fact that the cinematographer was going to be following us around on the stage. It was it was really an adventure. Did you feel like not self-conscious, but did you feel cramped at all with like the camera right there? And No, no. Uh, because, you know, when you get in character and you're doing your stuff, you're, you don't even know he's there uh, unless you trip over him, which never happened. So. <laughs> so did you grow up in Texas? I did. And my kids were all born in Texas. Uh, my folks were from Nebraska, but they migrated to Texas during the Depression. So. I grew up in Dallas and went to school okay. there and went to North Texas in Denton. From you're not are you from Texas too? No, my uh, Kira over there, she is in the Dallas Fort Worth area. So yeah. Familiar with it, but not I'm not there. Oh. I am in uh, Florida. In Florida, okay. Unfortunately. But yes. I, I didn't want to say it. <laughs> <laughs> Take me into how are you personally? Because I've been a fan of yours since like forever, like Lois and Clark, you are my, you are my Martha Kent. How are you like mama and how are you not like mama? Well, basically I would say that I was raised to be mama. I'm not, I wish I were as adventurous as mama and had such a great sex life as mama seems to have had. Uh, But um, basically, you know, all that Texas stuff is in you, you know, you're recovering Texas no matter how long you've been gone. And so those things are the same. And um, although I tend to think of myself as a gentler, less in your face person as mama, I think 
I probably am if you know me very well. Or if you're at the bank. My kids used to just live in fear when we went to the bank in New York because for people I know, you know, you could just run over me with a bus and it would be like, no, it's all right. But at the bank, it was like, <laughs> so, <laughs> so mama would, I kind of was mama at the bank. And do you love to bake like she does? I do. I have a sweet tooth. I think just like anything else, like people who've never learned to use the computer in my peer group, they just never had a reason. You know, if they had a reason, they would have figured it out. And so I have such a sweet tooth that I will read about something or I'll hear about something and then I have to go make it or go find out where it is so that I can taste it. <laughs> Absolutely. Same, because it's like, if I want brownies, I have to make them. Well, I, I'll burn them, but I have to try to make them. Right. You know, cookies, cake, whatever. You have to, if you want it, you got to make it. Well, you want to make it right then is the thing. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> gratification. I did that when I was younger. You know, now it's just like, no, right now. Why are you going to wait? <laughs> Why wouldn't you wait? Right now I have to wait because, you know, you become allergic to things when you overdo. And I have really done it with chocolate because right now I'm chocolate free and I have to be there for a while because my whole digestive system just is horrible things to me. If I do that, not only my digestive system, but dairy, dairy happens on my face. I just get like red blotches and that, you know, if you gain weight, you can just get bigger clothes, but there's no hiding this. So this makes a big impression on me. Well, you know, what a, what a backstabbing food to do you that way. <laughs> oh yes. Oh yes. I mean, it's, it's really, I'm sure for those of us and those of us who have the sweet tooth, Many of us just don't drink, but people who drink get their sugar in the drink. And if you've ever been to an AA meeting, they've got cakes and pies and cookies and so forth. So I just think, I thank God that my drug is universally accepted and not expensive. <laughs> and I can do it whenever I want to. <laughs> but I don't, I don't cast aspersions on people who are into heavy drugs let's not let's not make light of it too much because sugar is one of the hardest habits to break yeah it's so addictive it's not only <laughs> addictive it's in your face all the time and everybody is saying oh no have some oh come on just have a little and all the ads and all the everything and people don't give it the proper respect for how addictive it is and all the bad stuff it does do to you absolutely apple pie doesn't necessarily have too much sugar does it <laughs> it is it had, well you know they all have sugar but you know the apple pie and this is one of the things in trying to learn the lines in a in a script that is not narrative where you know this happened and then this happened and this happened and for me it's like a quarter of a teaspoon what was it because the same the exact same ingredients are in the pie that are on the topping but they're just in different measures and so, yeah, but it's it's got a lot of sugar in it. And then apples are sweet, you know, fruits. Sweet. I would argue that apple pie is good for you because it has fruit in it. I'm just saying. <laughs> well, we could make it really good and put some pecans or something on it, and then it would have protein. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, there you go. No, what's crazy, and you, you touched on one of my baking problems, is if it has two parts, I'm lost. It's like, why do you need the butter again? We just had the butter. I'm confused now. Forget it. Speaking of brownies, yeah. if it has topping that goes on it, I'm out. 
But I, not only that, I don't even care about it. I mean, forget that you have to make it. But and for brownies, at least, I have found like the most fabulous brownie box mix. That's just like the best. And you know, can unfortunately make it at the drop of a hat. And then <laughs> there you are, you're down the way. But but at, I think the apple pie in in our in our show is so great because because of all the things. And the other thing is that Laurie and I, you know, we were making and we're peeling and we're peeling and we're peeling. It was like, it was just any any time it's like a quilting bee, anytime you're doing something with your hands and talking to somebody about stuff, you get, you know, very, very casual and very cozy and very intimate. I think it's so sweet. And peeling all those apples, but not leaving slivers on. That's very important. Yes. Well, it was to me. She didn't care as much. <laughs> no, she didn't. <laughs> she didn't give her rats behind about it. Right. She said, I enjoy that sliver when I taste it. Right. <laughs> well, that yeah. is something, uh, something that Lori said is it's, when you're doing a task, it opens up communication. And that's very evident in the film to where you forget that you're watching something scripted. It's kind of like, no, this is just uh, two women having a conversation. And acting teachers always say um, props make you real. Once you start doing something, your brain goes to that. And the rest of it just comes out of a, of a pure place. When did the play start, the play itself? When did, how long have you been mama? I think it was in 2016. I'm not sure uh, because my memory is not one. I mean, I remember when my kids were born. That's about it. <laughs> uh, because we, when we did the film, it was during the pandemic. So that was 2020 or maybe even 2021. We were still wearing masks and things. And, I, and it had been at least two years before that we had done the play. And so, uh, and it was... You know, the, it was so bittersweet when the play was over uh, because we did, it was, it's very intimate and, and we were very close. And then always, after, you know, you make a family every time you do a project and then you miss them. You know? mm -hmm. So they call you up and they're like, hey, we've got Lori on the other line. Here's my <laughs> idea. Yeah, it was, it was great. Uh, and I don't know uh, whether, how much you know about Eric who produced it. Uh, but he's the one who decided, you know, that this was going to happen and he made it all happen. And he has he's just been amazing. He hadn't produced anything, any anything before. And I hope now he's going to take all this hard won information and produce more because he was great. He is. He's he's incredibly kind. And I hate to say sweet again, but he's very sweet. What's my and favorite thing? You know how much we like sugar? Come on. <laughs> <laughs> we could be diabetic, but no, right. he's incredibly kind and excited and passionate about what he's doing and I love that he's like I want apple pie I can't find the stuff I need to make it you know what I'm going to do instead I'm going to make a film about making an apple pie and then I'll be satiated <laughs> but what he did that was great he took it around to the festivals originally when the film was done and he I mean I just he's so smart so he got um because you know you know that when we did the play when we did the play and we did the pie and then people got a piece of a, a little bite of pie afterwards. And it's like, and they could smell the pie all during the play. So when he, when he was showing it in the theaters, he got some kind of a portable uh, oven and he would like during the play, during the film, he would bake, bake the pies. So people smelled that. I just thought that was brilliant. What was it? Was it in the, the 50s or 60s? Like, not smell-o-vision, but like, a, 
their aroma. I remember about that. I don't think I ever experienced. That. I think I just heard about. Oh, it. well, absolutely not. You're only thirty nine. Oh my god. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but there was a big thing, and I think it was in the film matinee where they had shocks, things in the seat that would shock you and the smell of things. And yeah. I'm like, why didn't that take off? <laughs> because that would be incredible. Well, for instance, for me, for those kind of movies, I'm already um, horror stricken anyway. I take it all very seriously as though it's really happening, which is why I don't really watch very many horror films. And if they rocked you back and forth in an earthquake and things like that, I, I don't know. I think it would, I don't know. I think, you know, we're already in it or we're not in it. And I don't know how I feel about it. Well, it's up to the the filmmakers and the talent themselves to, like, uh, make the audience suspend their belief. So if you have to rely on, what do you call them, uh, cheap tricks okay. or whatever. Effects like that, like that kind of effects. Yeah, I agree with you because when I'm in a movie, I'm really in a movie. And I don't, you know, the place can kind of fall down if they've really gotten me. Right. All I need is the the smell of buttered popcorn. <laughs> That's the only smell I need. But he was brilliant. Eric was brilliant to do that because it does evoke, I would say, probably 90% of people, the smell of apples and cinnamon evokes some memory to something. If it's Thanksgiving, Christmas, maybe you and your grandma, for me, used to sit and she would let you play with the dough after she had made the crust. You know, it, it evokes a memory to where you see the name of the film, Pie in the Sky, and you go, that was the apples, that was the pie. I remember, and now I'm gonna tell every person I see, hey, have you seen this? Because it's delicious, <laughs> delicious. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, thank you. Absolutely. So you grew up in Texas, how did you end up in showbiz? Oh, well, that was always my goal from the earliest time I can remember, and as I look back on it, you know, as a five-year-old or however old I was making the decision, I wanted to be into show business here. Totally uninformed. Show business is not at all like those Betty Grable movies I saw when I was little. Uh, but still, and, and as I, you know, as I think back on it, I go, I don't even know. I don't even know what options I had in my mind that women could even be. I mean, now there's so many more kinds of information around you know it could be a fire person you could be a doctor you could be a whatever and i think i saw nuns <laughs> mothers <laughs> betty grable what she yeah. from. <laughs> in her movies they were always showbiz movies and she was auditioning and i think i i've thought about it a lot because i've written books for actors writers and directors about how to get into the business and i think you know, I also saw lots of other movies, but I think the fact that Betty Grable was auditioning, I had in my mind, you have to audition and this is what happens. And so I already had, you know, an idea in my mind how you made this happen. And I remember when I was in high school, I wrote letters to my MGM idols saying, you know, how do you become an actor? Not how do you learn? Because everybody thinks I could act, write, or direct, but it's like, how do you make money at it? And every one of them wrote me back a handwritten letter. Aww. And said, the things that I say in my book, they were all the same. You know, it's like, do everything you can do in your own hometown first before you go to the bigger marketplace. And then they said, and, and when you go to New York, you know, study with Herbert Berghoff or uh, Sandy Meisner. And it was many, 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 many years later because I had gotten married. I had three kids. But when I finally went, I studied with Herbert Berghoff and I, I did what they said. 
So you took their advice and you succeeded so, so well. Yeah. I did succeed. And their advice was, was brilliant and helpful, helpful in every way. But you know, I, I, it's about drive. That's, that's what makes you succeed in anything. You have to be, you just can't take no for an answer. I mean, I'm very, very grateful. When I went to New York, I looked like what people were buying for the marketplace. If I went to New York now looking like I looked then, I would probably be out of luck because that's not the product people are buying. So I'm a product of my time. I'm very lucky. And I worked really hard, all of the above, you know, so it's, it's so many things. Well, you know, in your job, it's... Oh, yeah, absolutely. Well, you're right. Going back to the, the Betty Grable movies, I mean, the movies of that time, they were either starlets or they were going on auditions or they were mothers or wives, long-suffering wives, you know? Yes, exactly. And maybe teachers, you know, but now you're right. You can be anything you want. You can be an astronaut, crying out loud. Well, we think so. I mean, it's still really hard. There's There's been great progress. But, you know, when I look back and I didn't know either of my grandmothers because they lived in different states. I mean, I met them, but I didn't really know them. And my mother died when I was little, very little. And so I didn't get it never even occurred to me to ask her anything, much less what their mothers were like. But, for instance, my my dad's mother. I just she had no option. She's the only one I know anything about. But I know that his dad came over from Germany when he was like 14, saved his money, came on his own, was a, a land uh, a homesteader and just clawed himself, you know, out of the ground in Nebraska. And one day when he was in his 50s, he says to the guy, because he's a drunk, because what else can you do when you're out there? And he says to the guy at the bar, I want to marry your daughter, Nora. And the guy says, no, you have to marry B. She's older. That guy was 50. B was 18. The next day, B was married to him. She had no options. And I was thinking about it. It's like if a woman had to get married because she couldn't get a job and make money and she couldn't take care of herself. And we're so, I mean, when I got divorced, it was like such a, that nobody did. And, but, but I just never even thought twice about it. You know, I was going to go do what I wanted to do, but things have changed so much. I've been mm -hmm. taking so much courage to step out of the, the place you were born and the thing that you were taught was the way you needed to be. Uh, but I'm really happy that we have so many women. We have women's stories now and women directors and women producers. And thank God we have Barbie. Did you see Barbie? <laughs> Don't get me started. I love Barbie's time. I saw it four times. I love it so much. <laughs> it's it's an incredible film. And it's, it's really, really funny, too, because it's got certain types of men really... They got their panties in a bunch, let's say. <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. That was the point. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But you're right about like women not having uh, chances or choices because my my partner's grandmother had, I don't know, eight children. And she, I'm telling you, did not like men. Okay. <laughs> because she hated all of her children. She hated her husband. And it was because, you know, that was a choice that was made for her. And you, you had no choice. You know, you have no choice. And in my day, you know, I was, I, I grew up in the 50s and in a big Catholic background. And it was like, not only did you have no choice, but you couldn't even be mad about it because that's what women were for, what you were supposed to do. And so you had to do whatever you had to do. And you had to, and it's not just that you had to smile about it, but you had to go against your own instincts so that you actually even didn't even have that thought about, 
oh my God, I hate this. I don't want to do it. That just passed you by. It went into your body and you just did what they said you had to do. I didn't want to mention the Catholic part, but yeah, she they were Catholic as well. Because she tells her parents, I don't want to get married. I don't want to have children. And they're like, too bad. Exactly. Now you have for 10 or however many it was. It's like, whew. Yeah, my grandmother had eight. The, the B, she had eight children, at least. And maybe that's why I had the gumption to get up and leave when I did. She did leave out on the farm and moved into town with a bunch of the kids. My dad evidently stayed out on the ranch and, you know, until he escaped when he got into high school. But um, at least, I mean, that must have been really hard and unheard of for her to do that. I'm so sorry I didn't really know her and get to ask these questions. And people, I know you just don't think about it when you're younger. And, and, but if only we could infuse younger people to say, go talk to your grandparents, go talk about life and what it was like and find out because it's, it's so interesting. Yeah, absolutely. I don't want to get too, too serious, but yeah, I'm, I miss my grandmother a lot. Oh, I'm glad you had someone with that, to have that, uh, that interaction, that relationship. I have grandchildren and my local ones, I have a relationship with, but my Pittsburgh ones, I don't know as well. I see them and I'm going to go see them again soon, but we've not been able to be as close. But I had no template for grandmother behavior <laughs> since I never had those relationships. And you're lucky that you had that. Well, instead of you you having the template to be grandma, they get K. They get you. Thank you. And they're really, they're really great. My kids and my grandkids are really great about making me feel uh, that they love me and they respect me and they know which one I am. And that makes me feel very happy. But yeah, it, it is, it's kind of like my kids. I don't, I don't think I'm going to end up being a grandma unless there's, I don't want to say a mistake happening, but you know, they are both not interested at this moment in time of bringing any kids into this world right now. So well, it's so interesting about that generation because I have, you know, granddaughters in that generation too. Uh, and and then this is this is aside, but not really. So I don't know whether you knew that, I don't know, two or three months ago, the Pope made a whole thing, had a whole conversation about how selfish people were these days that they're getting pets instead of children. But yeah. it's really kind of the truth. Uh, and is it because the younger generation now has an idea of what it actually costs. And I don't mean financially, but to raise a kid and what that does to your own life. And in earlier generations, just nobody had a choice. Nobody had a choice. First yeah. of all, it was against the law, whether it was the church or whatever, but then we didn't have the pill, you know, we didn't have the options. And of course, forget that we no longer have Roe v. Wade and all the obstacles they're putting into a woman being able to be in charge of her own body. Uh, but I mean, it was just a different thing. And so I don't know. I don't know where the world is going to go if your kids and my grandkids you know, don't have kids. Somebody's going to have to do it or else. Well, we're already kind of overpopulated. I guess that'll take care of it if the, uh, if the climate situation doesn't do it first. <laughs> Things we have to find something more cheery to talk about. I know. Oh, and we have to wrap up. I hate this. But the film is out to watch now. Everywhere you watch your favorite films, people can catch up with you at your website, K, the letter K, kcallen.com. Are you on social media at all? I am, uh, but I'm hard to find. So I'm glad you asked because when I went to Facebook years ago, well, even now, 
And I wrote K space Callan, they wouldn't take it. They wanted A Y, they wanted period. They were not taking K space Callan. I was not going to put myself up there with a period when I tell people all the time, no period. So if you look for me on Facebook, I'm K N O P E R I O D Callan. <laughs> K no period Callan. And then I also have, my, I have another place which is Kay Callen as the first name and Kay Callen as the last name. Alrighty, Awesome. Well, I am very excited. I need to have you come back so we can just dish some more. It's been, I'd love that. I'd love that. Anytime. Let me know. Absolutely. But you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much. You're so welcome. And thank you for the support for the film. I'm so happy. You love it so much. That makes me so happy. Absolutely. You got it. Thank you, Kay. This has been an Odd Imagination production. Here at Odd Imagination, you'll find book, film, television, and product reviews, as well as roundtable discussions, current events, and hot topics. We are advocates for equality and the freedom to be who you are, no matter what. Odd Imagination gets its name from autism and imagination, two things that are very important to us. If you would like more information on Odd Imagination, and the podcasts that we host on our website, you can visit autimagination.org, A-U-T-I-M-A-G-I-N-A-T-I-O-N.org. pulling me she knows all about the drug i plagiarize all my apologies and they still want enough i know i know i know that i should let her go but i don't i don't i don't seem to be in control Be in control I